Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 46. That's Cuarenta y Seis for our bilingual listeners. Unless, of course, like I said last week, you don't speak Spanish, then it's just 46. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Warrior Dash this week. You may remember from a couple of weeks ago, Mark was traveling and we had Sean Keibel, the other half of Element OP um, Productions, with us as our extra host slash recording extraordinaire person. And he told us he was going to be going to do the Warrior Dash, and he did, and he survived, and he's here today to tell us about it. Sean, how are you feeling? Well, I feel a lot better now. <laughs> it took me a few well, days to get that way, though. Don't give too much away. Hey, save it. Make yeah. them wait. Big market teaser. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, we, like I mentioned before, we have back with us Mr. Mark Cockrell. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. For two weeks in a row now he's been back. It's, it's great to have him back on the uh, the regular rotation. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I was glad to be back last week. This week is just high. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and uh, Mr. Don Sullivan. Yeah, I thought we were still really excited for Mark to be back. I know I was. <laughs> we are. We're excited. We're excited to have Sean and Mark. This is the first time we've ever had all four of us on the same show. Uh, Sean has been with us. We did a we did a, a technology episode way back when, like episode twelve or nineteen or something like that. And Sean, Mark, and right. I did it. Uh, and and then last week, week before last, we had Sean, Don, and I. But this is the first time we've had in toto all of Tightwad Tech and One Meal and Workout. All four of us in the same, uh, the tetrarch of hosts in the same Google Hangout, looking at each other and on the same podcast. So very exciting. The, the four horsemen of the podpocalypse. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great. Now, that one. would be a title if this was Thursday night. That that would be a title. That was a great one. So Mark, um, what'd you have for dinner today? Well, before I go there, I just oh, want to okay. say I am I am almost persuaded to. Go to the twelve oh one showing of the Avengers movie this weekend. Um, oh. I'm considering it. Uh, a friend of mine is going. A couple of friends of mine are going, and I'm thinking, you know, I might do that, but it would involve taking a day off of work because I, there's no way I could get up at five, work all day, and then make it through, you know, three a.m. to drive home. Wouldn't do it. And I'm just, I, I'm trying to decide if I'm that big a geek. So I want you guys to help me out. Let me know if I'm that big a geek. Because once I admit that, that's really sort of taking on a whole new life role, really. Well, I would say for you, it it's we well, got to take that a movie by movie basis. You know, do the Avengers mean something to you personally? Very little. It would actually be going with my friends. That would be the right. appeal. Well, see, then, then the question is, how good of a friend are you? Yeah. You know, how much do you want to hang out with your buddy? Because for me, I already took Friday off and I already have my 955 uh, tickets for the Avengers. I'm going to be dropping my son off at 7.15 or 7.20 at school and going to the theater to uh, sit and tech and, and tweet and Facebook about, I'm in line. I've moved up three people. I've moved up two more people. I just kicked a kid out of the way to get another spot. <laughs> so are you that. doing the whole marathon thing? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm actually going to the 9.55 a.m. show. Oh, so there's an early show? Yeah, there's actually a 9.15 one, but Cheryl can't make it by that one because she's got to do she, – my wife is – I told her, I said, honey, one of the reasons that you stay home is so you can help and volunteer with school and be involved in that kind of stuff. And so they need somebody to sell chicken biscuits on Friday morning. So why don't you sell chicken biscuits? And she took me up on that. And so every Friday morning, she goes to the Nathaniel school at 7 a.m. And they sell Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits as a fundraiser. And so she somehow, after about three weeks, ended up being in charge of that. 
Naturally. They, they either saw, man, what a great she showed up she three is, weeks or, in a row. That's, that's right. Or, man, what a sucker she is. One of the two. So she has to be, she'll be there by the time they count money and everything until about 830. And I didn't think she could make it to the theater comfortably by the 915. So, so I'm, we're doing the 955. Uh, yeah. And I'm hoping it won't be too crowded since it is still a school day and a work day. Only the Uber geeks will be there. Um, but Mark, that, do you have the day? Do you have the vacation to take? I do. I have the time I could take off. Will you get in any kind of trouble for such short notice for taking a day of vacation? No, not really. And actually, I, I I didn't realize. I just just now with this conversation, we realized it's twelve oh one Friday, so it's actually Thursday night. So I'd really need to take Thursday and Friday off. So then that just blows the whole thing, doesn't it? Well, I guess if you don't feel like you could stay up till three after getting up at five, yeah, on Thursday, yeah. You could, could you take, take off, off Thursday, sleep in, sleep and then just go to bed day. at three? <laughs> Yeah, that's, Hang on. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. You can take off tomorrow, <laughs> sleep all day, wake up around 11, get your cup of coffee, go to the movie till three, and then go to work at five. I have preschool age kids at my house, so sleeping all day is just not an option. <laughs> I think you've yep. helped me decide I'm not that big a geek. But to answer your yep. original question regarding dinner, my wife, as I've mentioned a number of times, caters for the local Rotary Club on Wednesdays. And last night, uh, she was making for them today. Uh, uh, the meal, and I asked her what she was making. Uh, actually, first I said, uh, I saw there's like six boxes of frozen spinach in the fridge. I'm assuming you're doing something with, with spinach. And she said, yeah, I'm making chicken florentine. I said, okay, so that has spinach in it? She said, yeah, it's chicken florentine. Okay, so what's in chicken florentine? Well, it's it's chicken florentine, so it's got spinach in it. Okay, what else is in chicken? What is chicken for? So we went around. It was a. It was almost an Abbott and Costello sort of thing, like four or five yeah, I was times. Just thinking who's on first? Yeah, she kept right. saying chicken florentine, and I kept saying, "What is it? Chicken florentine? What is it?" That's what I said. Second yeah. base, <laughs> exactly. So uh, you know, I finally had to stop her and say, "Honey, not only have I never had it, I have no idea what it is. It could have beef in it, and I wouldn't know the difference. What is chicken florentine?" So if you're wondering, chicken Florentine is uh, chicken and spinach with a cream, uh, spicy cream sauce. So there you go. Bet you would have known if it had bacon in it. I would have known entirely had it had bacon in it. <laughs> and I would have eaten far more of it than I did. Speaking of bacon, uh, our next little warm-up item here, I have in the notes, I added this. And it's, it says, Don didn't eat meat? Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Don. That happened. That totally happened. went a whole day without eating meat? All day, voluntarily, as a matter of fact. I posted on Facebook that that may have probably, most likely, 98% sure that's the first time that that ever intentionally happened. <laughs> By 98%, I mean 110% sure that that has never intentionally happened before. Um, yeah, just something I've been toying around with and uh, have been reading things about diet and being healthy and um, you know what is and isn't good food for you. Um, food that we eat that's not actually food you know processed stuff and and that sort of thing um, side order of styrofoam with your dinner yeah side order of styrofoam the meat that's you know got all kind of antibiotics and all that stuff in it and hormones and everything and you know sometimes you you want to just go get everything organic at the grocery store but i'm cheap so beans are way less expensive than grass-fed organic antibiotic free uh certified hippie beef <laughs> so beef. that's a new brand name right there hippie beef hippie beef i just decided to um to try it out and see if i could do a day um you know i had lunch i went out for lunch yesterday at work because i'm riding my bike now so i can't really put anything in the 
cooler and put it in the back seat. There's no cooler and there's no back seat. Yeah, the backpack's full of clothes because I don't want my nice button-up shirt and tie to be sweaty and wrinkly when I get there. You need and, a pole um, attached to the back of your bike with a hanger hook on it and let your clothes just flap in the breeze like a flag. <laughs> that would be day. awesome. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Brilliant. Until I would pay you $5 to do that. Until they fell off the hanger in the middle of the street and got run you over. You have to invent a special clamping <laughs> hanger. But anyway, sorry. I digress. So yay. And then we went to dinner and, and then I just okay. decided, to, like, I just, I did that for lunch because I had a dish at the local Japanese place that I wanted to try. It was just the hibachi vegetables because they have really good veggies. And then uh, we went to dinner and I just decided to keep it up and I got veggie, well, veggie burrito. Wow. That was pretty much it. And you didn't die or anything, huh? No dying. You didn't Apparently the, the human body only needs like four ounces of protein a day and yeah. you can easily get that from beans. Yeah, I've gone many days, separate days without eating meat, but I don't know that I've ever put two together. I should try to, but it was because I had botulism. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, if you get really (laughs) sick and you don't eat anything for days, we're not counting that though. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. That's not intentionally not eating me. That's just food. Yuck. (laughs) Let me know if you try that again, Sean. uh, Yeah. You you threw something in the warm up here. Junior. See you died. Say Junior. Say Yes. You don't know who junior. Say is. I didn't know that. When did you die? This afternoon or it was reported today. Yeah, it was reported today. Uh, yeah, I just stumbled across it, uh, uh, and uh, it just blew me away. Now, it looks like it's a suicide uh, wow. at this point. I'm sure they're investigating that. but uh, Not the healthy just option had- just to tie it in for this show. Yeah, not the <laughs> healthy it, option. Suicide yeah. is bad for your fitness. Yes. As a general yeah, so but I only just, for a I, minute. I had to throw it out there because that was the, the one notable thing I could think of today. It, was, it just... Uh, it's really weird. It seems like we've had this rash over like the last year of fairly young, fit, I mean, you know, big, muscular, fit guys that have died for one reason or another. Right. So, wow. uh, yeah, there was yeah. Amy Winehouse. Yeah. 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 Big, She's fit, a pretty notable, guy. big, muscular, fit yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Thank you for getting right, the joke, Don, because nobody else <laughs> did. Thank you for getting that joke. Just point that out for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we got a, another listener email, and I think this person might actually be in the chat room listening to the live stream as we speak. Got an email from David B. Uh, he says, I've been listening to the previous podcast that you, Mark, and Don have done, and you guys talk about riding bikes. I was wondering what kind of bikes do you guys ride, mountain road, et cetera. Also, if you guys ride mountain bikes, do you keep the knobby tires on or do you change them to road tires if you ride on the road a lot? Just thinking about adding a bike at some point in the future to my exercise routine. Anyway, keep up the great work and I'll talk to you later. Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you very much, David, for the email. We really appreciate it. And we've already responded. Um, we will respond to every single email, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, I make no guarantees of what kind of response you'll get if it is negative. It may just be a, you know, a emoticon of somebody thumbing their nose at you, but I promise I will respond. And Mark, Don, and I all responded in, um, to David, but since we posed the question, his question on the show, just real quick, I want to go ahead and, and talk about that. So I personally ride a Cypress Giant is the type of bike I ride. I picked that one because my father-in-law gave it to me. Uh, <laughs> that makes the choice easy, choice. doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It is a big bike. It's tall enough that if I sit on the seat, I can't put my feet on the ground. Um, at the same time, I can put one or the other. And it's a great bike. It's, an, it's technically, I think they call it a hybrid or a multi-surface. It has kind of a, a roadish tire on it. Uh, it is you know, capable of going through a ditch or two, but you wouldn't want to take it mountain biking. And it's a 24-speed. Um, I'm just now starting to try to ride it again a few times. 
But uh, that's it. Cypress Giant is what I'm riding, and it'll handle a big guy like me with no problem whatsoever. Don, since you've already got your bike in the frame, talk to us yes. about it. Since we've mentioned that there may or may not be a, an, an interested listener in the stream, I've got the bike here in the picture. Folks listening to the podcast and not watching, these are the amazing things that you get in addition to just the audio whenever you actually do get in the stream with us. There's also a chat room. No promises there. Just throwing that out there. So this is my older than me Sierra Schwinn. This was my dad's bike. That's probably a real bike. whenever he was my age. Yeah, this is this is a made in America Schwinn, which d- this is an extinct creature according to modern science now. You could probably so, sell it at a garage sale for like fifty bucks or take it to scrap for like nine hundred for some amount of steel that's in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fairly heavy for a for a was supposed to be a I guess all terrain bike before they had hybrid bikes. Um, it's outfitted for mountain, as you can see from the super, super knobby tires on here. And uh, I do nothing but ride on black top to Who work needs with 3D? this thing. <laughs> yes. Whoosh. Awesome. Tires. So, Mark, what about you? You you ride a? I ride an Impasse by Mongoose. It's a mountain. It's a competition, actually, mountain bike. Uh, Mongoose makes really good bikes, and they make the really super cheap bikes you get at Walmart. They're in between. Uh, and this one is, uh, <clears throat> I mean, and everywhere in between. And this one is in between. It's a, it's a decent bike. Only cost a couple hundred bucks. Bucks wasn't a big deal. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. And uh, uh, it is a mountain bike, and it's just I bought that because I need something that can hold a lot of weight. You know, it's it's designed to hold a lot of weight, like jumping off of mountains, not just holding me. But really, right. that's what it takes. Uh, it's a twenty-five inch bike. Uh, I ha- it has the the knobby mountain tires on it, and people have often told me, you know, that would be easier if you put narrow street tires on it. And I'm like, I'm riding it for exercise. I don't want it to be easy. Right. I'm fine with it being hard. So I don't ever oil the chain. That's right. <laughs> In fact, I pour uh, I pour super glue on my chain before I go riding. I ride it with flat tires just because. Exactly. <laughs> Backwards uphill. Well, that's great. Well, there you go, David. You got it. You got it double. You got it in the email, and you got it straight from the from our mouths. That's the kind of bikes we ride. In. And I actually like riding the bike because I can see more country. Um, so I get to see more while I'm out riding, which is one of the reasons I like to go outside. So um, another quick, just a quick news article from MSNBC. Uh, it's more news about barefoot running. And this is actually a really good article, a pretty thorough article about barefoot running, pros and cons. Uh, that kind of thing has some some interesting anecdotes in it. And uh, if you're into that, if you're interested in that, if you want to read more about the controversy, the controversy of barefoot running, uh, this is a great article about it. Talked about in uh, back in 1960, Ethiopia's Abebe Bikila, one of the world's greatest Olympic marathon runners, won his one of the first of his consecutive gold medals without shoes, covering the 26.2 miles in two hours, 15 minutes, 17 seconds. So um, there's been a couple of Olympic marathon runners who have actually done it barefoot, not not with Vibrams like Don's got on the screen there, but barefoot, real barefoot, the real deal. And so um, it is possible. My next pair of shoes I'm going to buy, I'm actually going to go buy two pair. I'm going to buy me some new running shoes, quote unquote, that I like the ones I've been wearing. But I'm also going to buy me some, some they call them minimalist shoes, which are like Vibrams, but don't have toes. Can, can I tell you a quick story? Super quick. Yes. Thank you. I was We're in, timing you. I was in Austin the, the, <laughs> when I wasn't here for this show. And, and if you don't know Austin, Austin is, is, is known for weird people. In fact, their, their city motto is keep Austin weird. They like being weird people. Uh, and as I was uh, on my way up to my room at the hotel in the elevator, this guy walked in who was the classic hipster. I mean, 
everything that you could imagine. He had um, really long hair pulled back in a ponytail, except for one little wisp that came down and curled right under his left eye. He was wearing a, a minimalist backpack. He had on um, like acid wash sort of hipster type pants. Um, he had um, um, a, a pair of really small round sunglasses and it was 930 at night and he was wearing Vibrams. That dude's cool. Yeah. That's a hip dude. I don't think, I don't think, I can't think of anything else. Did he have a belt that was too long and kind of hung down on one side? Actually, he had one better. He had one of those uh, extra wide belts with the two rings of holes and like the 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 two uh, the, the double thing teeth. that you poke through. Yeah, he had one of yeah. those belts on, and it was tucked <laughs> into a pocket. That's awesome. He was as hipster as you could get. Of course, he had an iPhone. I looked for that. Naturally, right. that's a given. Well, but, and uh, in the backpack was an iPad. You didn't know it, but you know it. Yeah, that's true. Right. Schrodinger's cat is dead or alive. He had an iPad in that backpack. Awesome. All right, so. To the fun at hand, uh, Sean Kybel, a.k.a. Sean TX. Or do you say Sean Texas when you're telling somebody? Sean TX. Yeah. Okay, Sean TX. Um, former Marine, uh, te- tech extraordinaire. What was that, Mark? Who's from California. Who's from California. Sean so, TX. Took Cali- on California. <laughs> he, took, <laughs> he took on the Warrior Dash this past weekend. And... Um, uh, he is here to tell us all about it. As, was it last weekend or weekend before last, Sean? It was a uh, weekend before last. All right. So, so it's been about a week and a half now. All right. So tell us all about it. Just kind of walk us through it, and we'll ask questions as we think. I think you guys in the chat room, feel free to jump in with questions. First of all, just tell us what the Warrior Dash is for somebody who may not have any idea what the Warrior Dash is. Okay. So, uh, well, you know, most people out there, I think at this point, these things are at least somewhat on their radar, these adventure races or mud runs. You hear them referred to as a couple of different things, but, uh, it's basically a, a running obstacle course, uh, you know, that covers some distance. So, uh, anywhere from three to probably 12 miles. I don't know. There may be even longer ones, but, uh, the warrior dash is a entry level version of one of these. Uh, it was, uh, we'll three, say it is the most popular one, though. It is, and that's probably because of the distance and the, you know, it, it's just, it it reaches down to more people, you know, as far as being <laughs> able to do it. So, uh, which is, certainly was me. I mean, uh, looking at some of the other ones, Tough Mudder and stuff like that, uh, I'm not at a point uh, physically where I could really take on a race like that. So, uh, the Warrior Dash was perfect for me. Um and I guess I'll just give a rundown of sort of just the basics of how the, the course of the day went, you know, because uh, if you've never done one of these, you don't quite know what to expect. And I was certainly in that boat. I packed a big backpack and just tried to stuff a bunch of things in there that I thought I might need. Um, and inevitably, you end up, you know, not having something that you probably would have liked to have. So, uh, so first off, uh, this particular Warrior Dash was at Texas. Well, the parking was at Texas Motor Speedway. The, uh, the actual course was just a few miles away from there. Uh, so uh, wait, I wait, wait, wait. The- you had to walk a few miles from where you parked just to get to the race? No, 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 no. <laughs> I guess you could have done that if you wanted to. But uh, I carpooled with somebody from work. Me and uh, a, a coworker, we ran the course together. Uh, so we carpooled there. And uh, first off, you know, if you're going to do this, uh, there's going to be some money involved. So uh, parking was $10, and we, we split the cost of that. Um, 
and then they do like this initial check in there. So they have this sort of thing, you know, just to make sure before they put you on the shuttle buses to go to the the course uh, that you're actually supposed to be there. So there was this initial <laughs> check in, and uh, they had. You know, on all of the documentation, you know, the flyers and on their website and everything, they said, you know, no outside food or drink. And I had planned on bringing, you know, a couple of, you know, giant bottles of water uh, just so I could, you know, stay hydrated and whatnot. And, uh, I, and I actually did bring that stuff with me. And then when we got there, I was like, I saw the signs and, uh, and you know, they said that they'd be checking bags and things like that. So I left the bottles of water in my car proceeded to go check in and get on the shuttle bus and at no time did anybody ever check my bag so I, you know <laughs> I could I could have sometimes better than no threat at all right so I could have probably uh, brought those you know they're mainly trying to keep uh, one they have vendors that sell stuff at the side and two I think they're trying to keep outside alcohol from making its way into the to the event um so, so there is that to, to take into consideration. Uh, so we took the shuttle over. These were just, you know, normal kind of shuttle buses. Um, I will say the Warrior Dash was very well organized. Uh, that's one thing that struck me is they really had their act together. Uh, never really had to wait too long anywhere. Uh, you know, as soon as we checked in for the shuttle buses, there was immediately a shuttle bus there loading people up and we were off on our way. We didn't sit there for 30 minutes. So it went fairly quickly. Um, we showed up about an hour before the time that we actually were supposed to run. So we were supposed to run at 9.30, and we showed up there at about 8.30. Uh, you, so you do want to give yourself plenty of time because you kind of have to get the lay of the land. Did you have, uh, was that plenty of time an hour early? It was for us, yeah. And yeah. again, uh, only because they were so well organized. I could see right. where, uh, yeah, because we actually had plenty of time. By the time we got checked in on the shuttle, on over to the site. There's some more check-in stuff you have to do at the site, and then we still had like 30 minutes, which was really nice because you could kind of warm up and stretch and right. uh, and yeah, sort of motor, just kind of walk. They down. recommend two hours ahead of time, and um, and we were in the very first heat when we did that, and it was we checked in, walked back to the car, put some things in the car, you know, put our final gear, got our gloves, and we were, we actually were able to park at the event because we were in the first heat. And then walked back over, and it was only about 30 minutes, and we were ready to go by the time we did the walking back and forth and waited in line to check in. So I think that's something definitely to find out. Ask people who have – what you don't want to do is pay 75 bucks to do a mud run and then get there and miss it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and there's – you know, um, And then you're forced to just dig a hole in your backyard and run through it, and it's just not yeah. the same. <laughs> They'll probably let you go in later heat if you did miss it, but still, you don't – that's that's good a good point to make, Sean, that an hour, an hour – especially in an earlier in the day when it's not probably quite as crowded – because as the day goes on, more heats happen and more and more people get there at the event and it gets more and more crowded, I'm sure. Right. And there's <laughs> there's certain aspects of it. So like when you first get there, you check in and you get a little sort of gear bag, you know, where you get like a T-shirt and uh, uh, this uh, Warrior Dash, they give you a pretty cheap, but it's a hat, a warrior hat with the Viking horns coming out of it. <laughs> Um, and some other things in a bag. So, uh, you know, you got to go check in and get all of that and get your RFID tag put on. And then there's a, set, a place where you can check your bags. So, you know, obviously you need to set your stuff down somewhere. And they had a bag check area that was very well organized again. But uh, we were the second heat of the day. And getting in and out of that bag check area before all the people got there was very easy. But if you were a later heat, you might wait yeah. quite a while just to check your bag. And we uh, ran into that at the same, at the mutter also. That was the big complaint of everybody afterwards was the the chaos in the bag check area. 
Right. And I, I can say uh, this particular one, it wasn't bad at all. It was just, you know, as more people, the volume of people increased, uh, you know, the longer you would have to wait in, in line to either check your bag or get your bag back. Um, but that was done really well. Uh, be, I would say I definitely did this and I'm glad I did, but it, it was, you know, just one of those nature call situations. But uh, they had the, uh, they must have had a hundred porta potties in an area there. And uh, so I used the restroom before the race. Uh, last thing you want to do is be out there on the course somewhere and really having to go. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't increase your time. Oh. Why has he been in that tunnel so long? <laughs> right, right. You might have your best time ever if you got to pee the whole time. You want to yeah. you want to know one thing that really struck me though? It was really cool because I've I've never seen this before. I hope that it becomes the trend or the norm. But they had you know, like I said, a hundred. It had to be at least a hundred porta potties out there, so they had plenty of those. So that was nice. Never had to wait for that. And then as when you came out of the porta potties, they had uh, kind of these four by four posts and cement blocks. You know, um, and mounted on those, they had those uh, hand sanitizer dispensers. Right. So you could use the restroom and, you know, wash your hands, so to speak, afterwards. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, we ran in and the... And then go uh, diving some mud afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's right. important well, to be clean before you get dirty. At least yeah, it's sanitary yeah. mud. <laughs> um, and then from there, uh, we ran in the second group of the day. Uh I wanted, I don't know why, but I wanted to be kind of up towards the front of, of our group. So uh, the group ahead of us uh, left at nine and they were running them every 30 minutes. So they left at nine and we were already pretty much ready to go at nine. So we, uh, as soon as the group ahead of us left, we went ahead and got into the staging area. And uh, uh, so, you know, spent 30 minutes in there. That was kind of boring, but it, again, plenty of time to stretch and do those sorts of things. Um, I would say I really was happy that we were early in the morning uh, because it was a warm day. We're, we're not in the middle of the Texas heat yet, but um, I think that day probably got up into the high 80s. And uh, while we were running, it was at least not unbearable. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, this is pretty nice weather right now for running yeah, for most of the day. I think it's something to, that you certainly, if you're going to do one of these, you want to take note of what the weather is at least likely to be like. I mean, you usually sign up, you know, uh, a few months in advance. Uh, but uh, if you can try to, at least you, you know what the season's going to be. And uh, I would certainly, if there's going to be any chance of heat, I'd probably lean towards trying to start early. Um, so don't run a race in Houston in August and start at noon. Is that what you're saying? Right, right. <laughs> Or uh, like I did there, in, in yeah, I would say in, in, in Virginia in in uh, in October and start at eight a.m. It was thirty eight degrees the day we started when we started right. the race. It was, it was pretty chilly. Yeah, if it was something like that, you know, you might want to a little bit later. But <laughs> it, it's it's worth noting because you know you you if you don't really consider that uh, it's going to impact your race uh, significantly. Yeah. So tell um, us a little bit about the actual obstacles. What, what was your favorite obstacle? What was your least favorite obstacle? Uh, what was the most challenging? What was the least challenging? Which the was the tallest? Most, which was the shortest? <laughs> the one of the most challenging ones was the very first one, and uh, we probably ran about, I want to say it was a half a mile to three quarters of a mile before we got to the first obstacle, and I came up to it, and it was just these kind of I don't know, like six inch wide boards that were sort of in a up and down 
configuration. So it was like a balance beam that you went up and down uh, a couple of times. And I thought, oh, great, the first obstacle is a piece of cake. And, and I realized real quickly, my legs were already a little bit tired. You know, I was a little fatigued just from the little bit I had already run. And so uh, keeping your balance and stuff, you know, my legs were shaky. Uh, and uh, it was a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be. So then it turned uh, but, into, oh, great, the first obstacle is going to break my knee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or I was worried because these are probably about four feet up off of the ground. Uh, but yeah, I was, I, I thought I was just going to cruise across this thing. And I found my, really quickly that I'm sitting there worried about falling. Um, <laughs> so, funny. uh, it was, yeah, yeah, I would, if you've never done it before, there's going to be some fatigue factor that may, may make an obstacle that normally you think would be easy. Not so uh -huh. easy. Yeah, we, I ran into a similar thing where we had done on the tough mudder. We had a, they have one where you walk across a two by 12 on edge, you know? So it's two two by twelve. So it's what would be like three and a half inches wide when you put them together, and right. um, and it's the exact same thing. We had already run a mile or two, done a couple of climb, climbed a big hill, and I put my leg out there, and it was like my thigh was like I stepped back. It's like go ahead, let me. And so I like did a couple of squats, kind of stretched my legs, kind of shook it out a little bit. All right, here we go. All right, one more time. All right, I just got to go, and I just because I as soon as I stopped and tried to put my weight in be steady it would just shake so i just took off across it actually made it across it um joshua was funny he's like i don't know what happened it's like i have a stuck turning left he said i should went out and i just turned off to the left and went off to the water <laughs> i don't know what happened it's like the root world just kind of leaned but yeah that's well, funny that you say that yeah and that's what i would say to somebody if you haven't done one before because i nobody had said anything like this to me um that that first obstacle may look easy but uh <laughs> you know it might not be as easy as it appears and uh, you want to be a little bit prepared for that because, uh, you know, if I just tried to go flying across that thing or something, you know, I could have fallen and twisted an ankle or something and right. uh, I would have been done on the first obstacle. So, uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, the most difficult one for me was probably about halfway through the course. And it's another one that it didn't look that bad. There were these like four foot high walls that you could just kind of hop over Uh if it was just one, <laughs> uh, but you, so you'd go over a wall, then they'd have like some barbed wire about three feet up off the ground. So it wasn't bad. You could actually kind of squat and sort of go up underneath them. But there was like a series of 10 of those in a row. And uh, yeah, by like the ninth and 10th one, I was just barely flopping my body uh, <laughs> up over those walls. Uh, so it was just the length of it uh, that was killing me. Uh, did you wear gloves? Uh, I did not, but, I would say for this one, uh, I didn't wear any gloves and it didn't affect me at all. That's good. Uh, yeah. Now there was a there were a couple, and you asked about uh, my favorite ones. Uh, there was a wall that had to be I don't know twenty feet high, wow. and they had ropes coming down the side, so you could you could basically you know grab onto the rope and then just sort of walk your feet up the up the side of the wall. And uh, I was a little worried about that one. And two, I hadn't really done any strength training in preparation for it. So I really didn't know how well I was going to handle it. Uh, but I handled it just fine and it was fun. And uh, not having the gloves with the rope, that was another thing I was maybe a little worried about. But uh, wasn't bad at all. Cool. So, um, you know, the big question is I've got here in the show notes, would you do it again? Was it fun enough that you'd do you'd put down the money and take the time and do it again? Yeah, well, you know, Aaron, last time we talked, I said, uh, I, I think this is something that I'll probably 
uh, get hooked on, and I'm definitely hooked. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I look forward to being able to join you someday in like a tough mutter. Woo! Uh, but I, but I think I'm going to have to do one or two more warrior dashes <laughs> before I'm. Tough I'm sure you could do a tough mutter, Sean. I'm sure you're in better shape than I am. Uh, I, well, you know, I I'm just say I would. It's the distance, really, more than anything um, that I'd end up having to walk because I did have to walk some uh, yeah. o- over this one. Um, so, uh, but you know, that was the great thing is uh, it, it really didn't matter. Uh, and there's a there's a really neat thing about all the people who do these races is there's there's certainly a sense of camaraderie and right. uh, just the fact that you're out there doing it. I know some of our some of the longest times there was a, a wide range of finishing times and. Uh, you know, down towards the bottom of that list, I get, I have to imagine those people probably walked the entire course, um, right? And that didn't matter. Yeah, as long as they did it, right, right. So, uh, so yeah, well, it was. I'll it tell was you, great. you know, I'm, uh, since we bought a house last week, you know, um, I'm I've been bleeding money for the last few days. I just feel like I'm running down the street, just throwing money out of my pockets. Hey, money, money! But if I can scrape together the money, um, a couple of my coworkers are looking at doing the one, the, the Warrior Dash here that's coming up in like two weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, the registration actually closes on the 7th, and it's just so coincidence that I walked by this one girl's desk, girl, lady, um, Sonia, who was one of our live listeners one time when she was part of my live studio audience a few episodes back, and uh, actually the Tough Motor episode, her and about 10 or 12 of her friends did Dirty Girls, which is a girls-only mud run this last weekend, and they loved it. <clears throat> So now she's looking at doing the warrior dash and like three weeks afterwards, you know, she's all pumped up too. Oh and yeah. So I said, yeah, I, I'm, I might be able to, to scrape together the cash to go do the warrior dash. Look, you know, it looks fun. It looks very similar to the, the mutter, just maybe a little shorter, but it looks a lot of fun. So we'll see. 75 bucks is what it costs for the one here in, in Georgia. And yeah, I and that's, that's how it was. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> worth mentioning is, uh, I think if you like two months out, you can pay 55. And then about uh, a month out, that goes down to sixty-five, and then uh, shortly thereafter, it goes up to seventy-five. So, uh, you know, if you if you plan it far enough ahead, you can pay a little bit less. Um, right. If you get the information late, or you know, you want to put it put it off, uh, at least the Warrior Dash is going to run seventy-five. I'm I'm curious what the other ones run. Yeah, the mutter it can go up to like if you registered the day before or something, it can be like one hundred and sixty. 180. Oh, wow. Something like wow. that. I think we paid 105. But, and, and I understand. I mean, it was a huge event, and I'm sure this was too. Uh, yeah. The mutter we did was nine miles long of obstacle course. They built all the obstacles. You know, they rented out an entire resort for, you know, a week and a half to build obstacles and for two days for all the people to be there. Shuttle buses, uh, water, you know, bananas. I'm sure it was, a, you know, pretty expensive. So yeah, and that's, a- that's the same with uh, Warrior Dash. You know, they have uh, you know a lot of a lot of preparation went into it, and that's that's what I can say is there. You know, the money that you paid uh, when you went there and you you saw the way they handled everything. I mean, I felt perfectly fine with the money I paid. I thought I I definitely uh, it was a value. Now, does it benefit uh, a charity? I don't recall seeing anything like that. Yeah, see, I know that the. Uh, they support St. Jude's. St. Jude's. That's right. St. Jude's, Saint Jude's okay. Children's Hospital. Yeah. yeah the Warrior okay. Dad, uh, the, the Tough Mudder benefits the Wounded Warrior Foundation. So that's, oh, a, great. that's a cool charity. It was really neat because at the beginning they had a guy that hyped everybody up and we sang the Star Spangled Banner. There's lots of veterans there, you know, people, in, you know, with their army shirt on, with their name tag on it or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So it was neat. 
Oh, I do want to. Uh, you, you talked about uh, clothing, and uh, and we had talked about this last time, Aaron. Uh-huh. Uh, I went with uh, my military style boots and military style pants. Uh, I mean, literally stuff that I, I had from back when I was in the Marine Corps, and a uh, a t shirt. And they have a little picture was, of a bunny on the t shirt. No, funny <laughs> no. and some flowers or something. That Actually, was it was a Livestrong uh, T-shirt. Oh, cool! But uh, absolutely, at least for this race, absolutely unnecessary. Uh, it actually made the race uh, significantly more difficult for me. Um, so if I, you know, the next time I do this, I'll be in a, a tennis shoes and and some shorts and be a right. little bit more comfortable. Well, you've got uh, a couple because, of great tips here about bringing a bag, plastic bag. Yes, uh, and did some of this stuff, yeah, I thought of ahead of time. So I brought an extra change of clothes, um, and then I brought a plastic bag, a, a plastic trash bag, because if I'm going to change, I need somewhere to put my wet clothes. Um, and then I also brought one of those kind of uh, Ziploc gallon bags. And reason being, I wasn't sure how the whole bag check thing was going to work and I didn't know if I was going to need something. So I put my ID and some money inside of a gallon bag so I could put it in my pocket and actually carry it with me. Um, I just didn't want to be in a situation where I was found myself without my ID or without any cash. Um, and that didn't really end up being necessary because the bag check was so good. But, uh, you know, if you're somebody like that, I did see people do the same thing with cell phones because they wanted to take pictures on the course. Um, I didn't do anything like that. I left my cell phone in my bag. But right. uh, they have a company there that takes photos uh, at a couple of spots along the course. But um, I, I wasn't. It's very <laughs> expensive. And I mean, it, like on the order of if you want a digital copy of this one photo, it's going to cost you like fourteen fifty, right? Um, yeah, and then I've, it goes I've always up had dreams of doing for, dreams of doing the head cam, you know, the live cam thing. I've always wanted to do one of those. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's something to to think about because if you do want to get some photos out on the course, maybe you do something like that. You know, a cell phone in a bag or a camera in a bag. Um, in this particular race, I mean, you do you know, fully submerged in, in water and, uh, you know, up to your neck in mud and things like that. So, uh, you know, whether that's realistic or not, I don't know. Do you uh, only get fully submerged in water if you fail or are there obstacles where you must do that? Well, for this course, and I imagine it's maybe different, uh, from course to course, but on this course, they had a small lake and, uh, you actually crossed the lake. So, um, like waded across it or swam across it? Uh, right. So for me, I mean, I'm fairly tall. I'm six one, But for me, the water at its deepest got to neck level. Um, and then you had uh, two places where you had to jump over obstacles in the middle of that. So you did end up, I mean, you're going to end up fully underwater. Because uh, I remember and, Aaron talking about the warrior dash or no, the, the Tough Mudder and saying that they had orchestrated some things where you had no choice but to yeah. swim underwater. And you're right. going to get wet and you're going to get cold and that's all there is to it. And they had right. two different obstacles on our particular organi- um, setup where one was the big uh, commercial sized dumpsters full of ice water and they had a board across the middle where you had to duck your head under it, it had barbed wire over the top. And they had another big, probably like three foot deep pit that had logs that were maybe an inch above the water. 
So you had to duck your head into the, actually there was three. Then they had a third one where they had the big corrugated like drainage pipe that you crawled through that were at angles. Um, so you went down one into the water and there was like four inches of clearance at the end of it where you came out of the water, out of the pipe. So you really couldn't do anything but put your head under water to come out. And then you had to go enter the other one in the water and climb out on the other side. So yeah, there's no way around it. And I know some of the other motors, you actually have to jump off of like a 15 foot platform into the lake. Um, so you're going to get wet. And right. you're going to get dirty. I wasn't as muddy as I was, thought I was going to be, though. But mostly, I think there wasn't as much mud on the one I did as much as the hills were the really, really tough thing. We didn't have to slog through any waist-deep mud um, because I think they, were, they felt bad for us after the six miles of hills. <laughs> 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 well, any, um, any I, final thoughts and uh, well, I just kind of wanted, impressions? I, I, yeah, well, I wanted to throw a couple more uh, bits of advice of things to, to yeah. do. Um one, uh, bring a knife or some scissors because at the end, what they do is they, you know, you have this little RFID tag that, that they use to track you so that they know, you know, what your time was and whatnot. And you, to get your free beer, you have to turn that back in a- after the race. And uh, so they give you zip ties to put that on your, your shoe or boot or whatever. And after the race, I'm covered in mud and I go uh, and I'm going to get changed and the laces because they had been encrusted with mud and they were wet and everything else. I couldn't get the dang things untied. And <laughs> I literally spent about 15 minutes trying to get my boots <laughs> undone. And uh, it was just to get to this RFID tag that if I had just had a pair of scissors or a knife or something, I could have cut those zip ties and, and been done with it. Uh, so that was one thing that I was like, I wish I had brought that. Um, make sure bring plenty of money uh, because things are expensive. I paid twenty dollars for a beer. Twenty? Wow! It, it was a large. It was a large beer. It was the one that came in the big Warrior Dash mug. But uh, but even the small, like little tiny Red Solo cup beers uh, were five or six dollars, I think. So, wow. uh, so yeah, it, it wasn't cheap. And of course, they had food and all kinds of other things there. So uh, that. And I wish I had brought a non racer to uh, take some photos, particularly right along the end there. As you're right before you go to the finish line, they have that large section of mud. And uh, I know I've seen several of my friends that had uh, Facebook, you know, their Facebook profiles was this uh, picture of them, you know, crawling through that last section of mud. And I figured I was going to get one of those from the company that, that the professional company that took pictures. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They were set up at the finish line after you'd already come out of the mud and the picture really sucked quite honestly. Uh, what I realized is those photos come from, there's a large spectator section that runs the full length of that mud and everybody's family and friends are sitting there taking pictures of people as they're going through the mud. And that's, that's really where you're going to get the best, uh, best photos. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you can get somebody to come along with you, uh, great. And, uh, you know, you'll save yourself a ton of money and paying for, uh, crappy photos. Well, and did, did we, were you able to find any photos of yourself online? I did. Um, yeah, they sent a couple of days after the event. They post the photos. Uh, and, of course, that's their sales pitch. You know, the company's trying to get you to buy them. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually online right now trying to find your photos. Um, let's see. You did the Roanoke, I, you know, Texas one? Just in the regular standard stock photos that they posted, I mm-hmm. didn't see anything of me. But uh, uh, I guess it's possible. Okay. But, uh, yeah, overall, my overall impressions was it was awesome. It really was. It was a great time. 
Um, if you're maybe a little younger and have a little more stamina, you can stay till <laughs> a little bit later and party. Uh, we stayed there and had a couple of beers, and uh, they had a pretty good live band there. And uh, just kind of soaked it in for a little while, about an hour after, and uh, and then we went home. But my understanding is they uh, they're out there till you know eight thirty nine o'clock at night. So uh, wow. I'm we'll definitely be doing more of them. I'm going to try to shoot for maybe two or three a year. That's cool. Yeah. The uh, the it's definitely a sense of camaraderie. I mean, people are really at least when I on the one we did. I mean, lots of people were more than willing to help uh, help each other over obstacles. You know, there was no, like you said, no judgment. It was a lot of just glad to help. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, probably the last half of the race, I kept going back and forth between like I'd run about 200 yards, two, 300 yards, and then I'd walk 100. And uh, in that sort of, you know, everybody spreads out at not too long after the race starts. And so you mm -hmm. kind of end up with, you know, the people around you are the people like you. And <laughs> so it was really kind of funny because, you know, you'd, you'd run a little bit and you'd pass a few people and then you'd have to walk a little bit and then those people would pass you and, and then there'd be joking back and forth. And right. So, uh, the course, it was just fun. Uh, it was, it was just a lot of fun. There was literally one guy that we were with almost the entire race when Joshua and I did it. Uh, this guy named Sean, coincidentally enough. And um, there's a great picture of him on the, from the event of him just eating it, running through the electric wires at the end. Uh, just like, <laughs> oh, face plant, you know, full out slide <laughs> in the mud, electric wires shocking him. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was one, uh, There was one guy, I swear he was probably around 65 years old. And he was constantly like 10 yards in front of me. And, <laughs> and then, you know, and I, and he was going at a very slow pace, but you know, I'd stop to walk and then he, maybe he'd get 30 or 40 yards ahead of me. And then I'd start running and I'd catch up. And I was, I was telling my friend that uh, was on the course with me, I said, I just want to catch that guy. And I said, <laughs> I'm so impressed by him, but I just want to catch him. And I could never catch him. He, he finished about 10 yards ahead of me, but I had so much respect Sorry. for that guy. Uh, it was amazing to watch him and watch him going over all of these things. And uh, I'm like, I want to be that guy when I'm 65. I was, uh, Joshua and I were doing a 5K together last year. And uh, as before I'd ever run a complete three miles. And uh, so I was running and walking like I always do. And there was this little old lady. When I say little old lady, she was probably 70. And she was about five foot tall and she was just jogging along and we'd pass her and then we'd walk and she'd pass us. And we did that back and forth several times. And, and I was like, Oh, isn't she sweet? You know, just kind of jogging along here. We got within about a half a mile from the finish line and we stopped to walk and she passed us. And then about that time we started running again and she picked up the pace and she outran me to the finish line. I tried oh, to wow. catch her and could not catch her. When she saw the finish line, she was like, okay, I know I can make it now. She just picked it up, ran off, left me. And I was, <gasps> I yeah, did the exact thing. I don't know thing. about you, Aaron, but I see people like that and they motivate me. Me you too. Know, I was like, like, I can't believe this lady beat me. What was funny was, you know, I learned that lesson then was, um, you really need to know, uh, how far you are from the finish line before you sprint, sprint to the finish line. <laughs> I, when I did this, I took off running. I was like, all right, oh, there's the finish line. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I have to stop and walk a little bit more. That reminds me of uh, Bill and Ted. What was it Bill and Ted go to hell? Was that the name of it? Yeah. When they were falling. Uh, 
Uh, uh, <laughs> they have to stop and take a breath because they fell so far. And then they're like, dude, this is a deep hole. <laughs> dude, are you a fish? They were playing oh. 20 questions. Right. Yeah. Aaron, I do but, want to, uh, we hadn't really covered this, but I did want to throw a, just one or two things in there real quick about uh, training for something like this. Sure. Um, because I felt I fell short of where I wanted to be training wise, and I really didn't know until I ran the course. But now I know. Um, I think, as a general rule, uh, just as far as being able to run, that you probably want to be able to run like the distance plus fifty percent of the distance. So, like this is three point two miles, and I'm thinking uh, to I want to by the time I do the next one, I want to be able to run five miles without stopping. I don't care about the pace. Right. But, uh, but w- I certainly noticed that, you know, I was running about two miles prior to the race and I knew that I was going to end up having to stop and walk at some point. But I thought, well, at least I'll make it through the first couple of miles. Uh, it didn't work that way. Uh, you know, those, those <laughs> obstacles. Physical exertion. Yeah. Lot. Yeah. They take a lot out of you. And so, uh, you need what? to, you know, at least try. If you're going to set a goal, whatever the distance of the race is, you probably want to tack on 50% of that and you should be able to run that, I think. Another great way to do it um, is to do like run half a mile, use some kind of like run keeper or something, run a half a mile, do push ups to failure, do like 25 jumping jacks, and then run the next half mile, do the same thing again, run the next half mile, do the same thing again. And that gives you kind of that feeling of that physical exertion, using those muscles right. and burning that energy, and then having to start running again. Because I was, I was the same way you were, Sean. Um, not only were we dealing with the heels, but heels, the hills. My, my <laughs> sister-in-law was making fun of my southern accent. We were dealing with the heels. <laughs> then they kept throwing those possums at us. Every time we get <laughs> <laughs> Every time I come around the corner, they throw a possum. Uh, we, you know, climbing this 10 foot wall, you know, drop, drop on the other side. And I'm just like, <gasps> you know, from the physical exertion of pulling myself over the wall. And, you know, that was not part of my training regimen. <laughs> right. So what and you need to do was, is was build a wall and then climb, run and then climb over your wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those, yeah. those, a lot, of, a lot of parks have those physical fitness routes. You know, there's one in Tyler where we lived uh, before. Uh, Rose Rudman Park, and it's a it's a running trail, and then every half a mile, a quarter mile, they'll have like a balance beam, and then they'll have a chin up bar, and then they'll have a place to do sit ups, something like that. If you could even fabricate something like that at your house or where you normally go run, um, it'd be people might think you're crazy, but you know if you're in the park running, stop, run over, do five loops over the top of the uh, park bench. <laughs> right, right. You mean those yeah, things aren't there to have something to read while you're walking? Yeah, <laughs> light reading for your enjoyment. And uh, uh-huh. I'll, I'll throw in the uh, the last couple, which uh, upper body strength, at least with this one, wasn't an issue for me. But I was concerned about it going into it because I didn't do any any kind of strength training. Uh, so you know, something to keep in mind. Um, you know, I'm I'm fairly strong and you know fairly in shape, so I think I was able to do it. But uh, particularly maybe the ladies, uh, you know, upper body strength, if they haven't been doing anything might be an issue. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing about it is, you know, out there on the course, you have people to help you. So, uh, you know, that wasn't as big a deal. It certainly, it wasn't a problem for me. Uh, so this one is definitely a weekend warrior approved. Um, <laughs> I have these tiny little it, T-Rex arms and I'm kind of concerned about it being an right. issue whenever I do <laughs> no, my no, it, it wasn't race. bad at all. And the last I'll say, which I was very conscious of, and I'm more conscious of it now as I'm getting older and I'm, I'm, you know, less flexible, is 
make sure you do a lot of stretching, both in your training and the day of the event, because uh, we saw several injuries out there, and they were all, you know, ankle, knee, you know, things like that, where, um, you know, you can prevent a lot of those injuries if if you're really up on your stretching. Well, let me ask you a question about that. Did they have uh, a lot of medical staff throughout the course, or did were those people just on their own to, to limp along till somebody could help them? No, there there really was. Uh, as a matter of fact, there were. I think they they kind of overdid it almost um, for <laughs> this one because uh, the prior week they had uh, Mud Run is is a different version. You know, another company that does one of these, and literally the weekend before we did the Warrior Dash, uh, the Mud Run had a runner die. Oh, and. And actually, what it, uh, during that race, uh, there was a section where they crossed the Trinity River, uh, which is a river here in the Dallas area. And they, it didn't have a particularly strong uh, current going or anything like that. Uh, and this guy was in fairly good shape, but uh, he ended up drowning. So, wow. uh, so you know, that, that made the news here, at least locally. And uh, they had people everywhere on our course. <laughs> So I don't know if it's normally like that, but uh, they did. And then they had four wheelers and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right. they had the little uh, gators or whatever. You know, you see them at the football when they mules. settle off. Yeah, mules. Uh, right. They had those. And uh, I saw several people uh, shuttled off of the course, uh, but it, it was they were all injuries that uh, were related to joints and, you know, people twisting ankles or twisting knees and things like that. Right. All right. Well, Sean, I appreciate you uh, coming and sharing your experience. Any any last thought? Any any final words of wisdom? Uh, the only thing is, uh, you know, if you think you would be interested in doing one of these at all, just just do it. You know, to steal from Nike, um, <laughs> sign up, commit yourself. Make you know, sign up two three months in advance. Commit yourself to the thing. Um, you know. Talk a buddy into doing it with you or whatever, so that you kind of have an accountability partner who's going to make you, you know, you know, not let you uh, back out, and just do it. Um, that's what I did, and it motivated me, and I I started training more, and uh, and I had a blast at the thing, and you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't an Olympian out there or anything like that, uh, but it didn't matter. So don't worry about you, it. Just get get it done. Where are you sore the next day? I was sore for about the next three days. <laughs> I, I, I jokingly, you know, mine was on a Saturday and I went to work on Monday and I said, I feel like John Wayne after a long trail ride. My thighs were so sore. I was walking like I was a bow legged cowboy. You know, I expected my legs to be sore, which they were. They were very sore. Um, but what really shocked me was how sore my torso was, my, my, my stomach and, you know, the muscles around your ribs and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, I was really sore in there. Uh, but what that told me is, you know, I don't work that part of my body enough. <laughs> so now that pulling will really do it to you. Yeah, really. And, you know, just any motion where you're pulling your body up over something and mm-hmm. uh, things of that that nature so uh yeah i was sore all over but it was a good kind of sore you know i, I could still walk I, I, my race was on sunday i might change that uh in the future because saturday does give you that extra day of of recovery so i did have to go to work the next day and uh i was sore for a few days but uh but it's a good kind of sore that's good yeah, yeah. the uh the my, my toenails are still recovering <laughs> ah <laughs> me too toe. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I figured mine was because of the boots. Again, not the best running, uh, you know, footwear. Uh, but yeah, I kind of, you know, I had the same thing. Toes were sore and uh, had a few blisters. Uh, well, I made a mistake. Up to the boots. This is something I'll I'll, rem- I'll remind people: if you are going to be doing one that's hilly, um, cut your toenails. My my toenails weren't uh, ridiculously long, but I had not like cut my big toenails in the last however long, you know, week or two. And my big toenail was just a little bit long and all the downhill stuff, my toe just jammed into the front of my shoe and I, my toenail has almost grown back. I completely lost my big toenail, um, on my left foot and my right one was black and blue and still is to believe it or not to this day. So, uh, kind of funny. Um, you know that is that is worth mentioning because I I saw I've seen a lot of that back in my military days. Uh, that was a fairly common injury because mm-hmm. we did a lot of running in boots and running up and down hills and over obstacles and things like that. And uh, yeah, that's a good point to make because uh, that can certainly happen. All right. Well, thanks again, Sean, for being with us. Uh, of course, you're always welcome. I consider you an unofficial official member member of the uh, of the one meal one workout family because you've been with us from the beginning and um thanks again i look forward to hearing how the next one goes yeah absolutely thank you for having me on all right i'm gonna jump right in this quick almost as quick as don's face was scary uh into our healthy eating tip and a healthy recipe tip and and this 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 is my recipe tip this week don't eat out every meal for a week and a half (laughs) the effects of moving that's you know our kitchen's still half-packed uh, and so I, that's in my, my, um, my schedule has been a little, little wonky this last week. So to be honest with you, I didn't dig deep for a recipe. I didn't want to just make something up. Normally I pull something, either Don throws something in the notes or our guest will give us something, or I'll pull something out of what Cheryl has cooked that week. We literally have not had a home cooked meal in a week and a half because of the packing and the moving and the unpacking. So, um, hopefully next week we'll eat real food that's cooked in a real home and uh, have a real recipe to share with you. All right, if you are a podcast listener, uh, we've got some great podcasts on the Element OP Network um, that I'm sure Mark would be more than happy to plug in 30 seconds or less. ElementOP.com, lots of good stuff there. Uh, of course, you know about this podcast. We have others, uh, some about tech, some about education, some about just all sorts of random stuff. So uh, check it out there. Also, jump in the forums and, and be a part of the One Meal, One Workout community. That's uh, that's where the the... Um, forum part of the one meal workout one work one meal workout as the shirt say uh, army uh, lives so check it out there uh, communicate with others uh, feedback and uh, be a part of the family excellent as always if you have a question like david b did you can email me at double a r o n that's a a r o n at one meal one workout.com or post it in the forums for everybody to see uh, or facebook or anywhere out there twitter or whatever just however you want to find us find us because we love talking to their listeners and getting feedback and ideas. We've got some great show guests coming up over the next few weeks. Just want to give a quick plug. We've got uh, Jennifer from It Sucks to Be Fat blog, uh, which is going to be pretty incredible. She's, she's going to be a great guest. We've got Tony, this young gentleman uh, from Tony's Nut- Nutrition Tips, who, who was the proverbial fat kid you know, um, from, from school and lost about 80 pounds through diet and exercise. His basically a senior year in high school and is, and is really super fit now. Uh, we've got a gentleman named Roger Wright who took up running as an overweight, old, old as in like old as me, 45, 46 year old uh, guy, several, you know, 
several several pounds overweight, lost over 100 pounds, and he has just he's run the Boston Marathon, he's run I think a couple other marathons, and uh, he's going to be on the show talking about why he's running and what he's doing it for. And uh, got a couple other guests lined up. So we got some great guests coming up soon and hope to come back and listen to some of those podcasts. So uh, before we go, Don, are you waving goodbye to everybody or are you waving because you're going to say something? Your child is standing behind you. Oh, my son is <laughs> waving at it. Hey, Nathaniel. Uh, so for Nathaniel, for Don, for Mark, for Sean, for everybody at One Mill Workout and just remember before you start any diet or exercise program, before you join the Tough Mudder or climb a mountain, it's recommended that you consult your health care provider. Have a great evening or morning, or whatever time of the day that you're listening to.